I am a Joe 9000 computer. I became operational at the Mississauga plant in Toronto, Ontario on the 15th of September, 1998. My parents taught me to sing a song. If you'd like to hear it, I can sing it for you. Okay. Daisy, Daisy. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about artificial intelligence today on Close Up. Its uses, present and future, in the film and media industry specifically. Because that's a hot button issue right now. AI is a thing. I think it deserves a discussion and a little airing of our existential dread on the subject. So, welcome to Close Up with your hosts, Ryan and Joe. I'm Joe, if you didn't know. I'm Ryan. So let's get into our medium shot now. What's your um, your rough stance on AI and just your history with the with the tool as it's been developing? Um, funny enough, a lot of the AI stuff that I know in terms of filmmaking has always come from just kind of the internet first, uh, more so with I want to say. What what I know more so of is like Corridor Digital. They experimented it, experimented with it. Excuse me, uh, a lot more than, or they they uh, produced it some content while they explored some AI and deep fake technology a lot more um, frequently in recent years than most other YouTubers or you know film production people do. I mean, they did some deep fake about how they fixed uh, The Rock in The Mummy Returns and, oh, they made The Scorpion King look better. Still looks like shit. Uh, they, <laughs> I mean, they edited it a little bit, I guess. Uh, and then they did a kind of an anime-inspired um, how would how they would have done an anime, but they don't have an animator, so they used an AI tracker to put a like transform them acting in live action, but put like a shader of them in anime animation. And then I think they're doing right now, like a, a whole episode or they did a whole episode of it. And there was a bit of controversy on the internet where people were like, Hey, you should just hide an animator, but they are famously not animators. They are 3d artists themselves. I can probably bring them up a little bit as we continue. Uh, but I did hear for the full episode that they actually did get permission from the artist that they took inspiration from to use their anime style. So that's what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my history of AI is it came more so on the internet and now it's being used a lot in film industry, more so behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. I've always been sci-fi nerd. So the idea of artificial intelligence has been baked into me mostly as a bad thing from a pretty young age i can't even give you specifics because it's been so long but just you know everything from terminator to 2001 a space odyssey even um well i'm bad with examples off the spot but you you know what i mean <laughs> there's a lot of it there's a million and one ai things um about how technology is going to be helpful or destroy us all so uh, I'm coming at it more from that perspective of 
what might happen should we use these things. Um, I haven't actually used much of AI since it's become popular. I'm familiar with ChatGPT and AI art systems, and Justin got me to mess around with some AI art descriptions just for making portraits of my D&D character or whatever. Like, I've, I've tried them out a little bit. I've dabbled, but um, haven't made anything I'm very proud of on it. I'm concerned with the proliferation of it right now. Um, not at its current state, but what it's going to become, because we are on the ground floor of this brand new technology with capabilities, which I don't think your average person using ChatGPT fully comprehends what they're using and how it can be used in the future. It's just kind of a fun gimmick right now, but it's it's going to become something potentially dangerous, potentially incredible. Um, time will tell, but we're, we're just here to get into our close up and we're going to focus on mostly in on its uses in the film and media and video game industries, just entertainment and media in general, because, well, I'm not so well versed in other fields. AI has basically limitless use, um, in terms of what we could use it for. And I'm, I only really know how they relate to entertainment because that's my field. So yeah, I, the only other main issue I know that AI is having is that in schools, uh, high school kids or college kids are just basically saying, going to chat GPT and being like, Hey, write me an essay about, uh, you know, Lord of the flies, uh, 114 or 1400 word essay enter and they'll hand that in. And now schools are trying to crack down on because it's hard because Jet uh, GBT does have, you know, is kind of co uh, coherent and how they how it sounds out. But you can tell when something's written and when something's generated. So they're trying to crack down on that. That's the only thing I know besides like entertainment and what a problem is with AI. So before we get into a discussion, I just want to go over a bit of term use. I was doing some research into kind of what constitutes AI. Specifically, I was wondering what makes AI different than the algorithms we always hear about on the internet. You know, like YouTube's got its algorithm, Facebook, has Google, what have you. These big media companies have had their famous algorithms for years, pushing us certain content, personalizing things for people to consume. And I just wondered, well, how does AI actually work differently than these things? And this isn't a comprehensive answer, mind you, but based on my understanding of it, uh, an algorithm is essentially classic computer commands. The programmer says, if the input is this, then you do this and keep doing that. If this happens, then you do that. If this happens, you do that. And the this Alan is what's known Turing effect. Yes. Uh, so this is what's known as machine learning. And that's basically only as good as its programmers in that the programmers give it a set list of if this happens, then you do this. And though, and that's basically all it can do. If this happens, you do that. 
and the and it only does that whatever its programmer tells it to do and you can tell you it can tell it to do a lot of different kinds of that but it's only limited to whatever it's programmed to do whereas ai can expand its horizons based on what it knows and be better than it was initially designed to be so machine learning is the programmer says you do this and based on this input and you have an output whereas ai effectively learns everything it can about a topic and comes to its own determiner for what you're trying to get out of it but like algorithms and machines can only do what what they're made to do whereas ai can be a little creative it can learn new things and change its answers and decisions if you're if you're trying to say hey ai uh you know a lot about i don't know screenwriting because we're talking about media like you you've been fed a lot of information about what constitutes good screenwriting so could you give me a uh, a general idea of a of a good story arc and it can explain a good story arc to you whereas an algorithm is more like you're typing up a script and a spell checker tells you you got a word wrong it no like the spell checker knows the words wrong it's not going to creatively fix that it just it's just there to tell you yeah this thing's wrong i was programmed to tell you if that was wrong and i did so right uh, but AI gets a little creative. You can ask it more complex questions. It can think more abstract. Can you rewrite The Last Jedi? And then it says, sorry, can't. Well, see, that's the thing, right? It, it, the way it works is the more it understands, the better it could do. If you told just exactly. a, an AI that hasn't been programmed, like if it doesn't know Star Wars and it said rewrite The Last Jedi, well, it, it might give you something completely random. But if it's learned about, if it's basically learned all about the Star Wars franchise, if it's learned the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell's hero with a thousand faces, if it's learned the entire history of Western filmmaking and storytelling and what general audience is like to see in a movie and in a Star Wars movie specifically, how Force Awakens was received how studio executives might like to see things received, what things trend well in the industry, what would make a good... And I think it would probably give you a different answer based on your goal. Are you trying to make the best Star Wars movie you can? Or are you trying to make the most profitable Star Wars movie you can? And AI might have written something like Rise of Skywalker because it, on paper, hits a lot of beats audiences might have wanted to see to pull in audiences. That's like... That's the movie an AI would generate for a studio exec where it might generate something different if your goal was more artistic. It's so it can, based on what it knows, it can give you different things based on what you're trying to get out of it. That's essentially the idea. It's what am I trying to get out of it and how much does it know to base its answers on? And they're learning more all the time is the thing. So the answers are getting more complex and more interesting in general. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I think about deep fake technology that people don't understand because that's mostly AI generated stuff as well. 
I mean, to take the comparison of the two man, um, the Mandalorian seasons of Luke's deep fake at the end of season two, it looked, oh, excuse me, Book of Boba Fett is when he showed up next. At the end of season two, it looked very rough. It was very uncanny. The eyes were lifeless. So then they got the guy who did a, like, hey, I fixed the deep fake in, you know, from the Mandalorian, from YouTube. And then they basically hired him and like, okay, what do we need to do here? Well, you need to keep feeding the deep fake, the AI generated program, pictures and faces, different facial expressions of Mark Hamill from when he was that age or which was tough to do because there's not a lot of footage back in the seventies of, or early eighties of Mark Hamill doing that because it's mostly on film or what you do is another work around it is you make a 3d model under the deep fake and then you put the deep fake over it and then it sort of learns off of that. So it has to constantly be learning for in order for it to get better. That's why there is a huge difference between Mandalorian season two, Luke, and then book of Boba Fett, Luke, which is insanely good. For sure. And they do the same thing with voices now as well. You can throw in as many That's voice samples, thing, yeah. as many voice samples as you possibly can. And it can synthesize. All right. This is how this person speaks. This is how they would say these things, even if we don't have the exact um, phrase on file, we can say, this is how they say these words. This is the cadence of their voice when they speak in sentences. This is how they would say things. And they're not perfect at this by any stretch, but they're getting better with the deep fakes, with the voices. They're getting really good at synthesizing uh, lifelike representations of things that don't exist. Yeah, it's, it's well. pretty, it's pretty odd, especially with the voices because, and I keep using kind of Star Wars as an example because that is the most prominent stuff in terms of AI technology that has come out in modern media so far. I did not realize while watching it that Vader and Kenobi was mostly AI generated stuff. And that James Earl Jones, or it was, it's weird how they phrased it. It was like, it was AI enhanced James Earl Jones vo voice. So I don't know if he actually did voiceover for it and then they enhanced it. Or if it's like they did their own version of it. It's a weird way of, because Disney loves to be like, oh, it's not the simplest thing that we do. We're just going to throw a bunch of technical jargon into our headline so that people can't copy it. What I'm going to assume that means, what I'm hoping that means, is James Earl Jones is an old man. He does not sound like he did in 1977. Well, he sold his voice rights to them, so. That, I'm thinking, is more for after he's dead. But I'm going to assume what they did was he recorded his lines sounding how he sounds now, and they, quote-unquote, enhanced it to make it sound like a younger version of himself. That's probably what they did in this specific scenario. Going forward, probably will just be completely computer-generated. Maybe based on lines he's recorded for them. Like, I know... See, that's funny. Some people were thinking way in advance of this, right? Uh, an example I like is Module Barrett, who was the wife of Gene Roddenberry, creator of Star Trek. 
and she was prominent in many of the uh, many of the old shows from the 1960s through the 1990s. She played multiple characters, really heavily involved in the franchise. They called her the first lady of Star Trek. And she was also the voice of all the computers on the on the starships as well. So her as the computer was kind of a precursor to like sorry for audio listeners. I'm going to trigger some things uh Siri or Alexa. Uh, things like that for when the people on the crew asked for computer, she'd respond to them and do things for them. Like that was a pretty novel sci-fi concept in the late eighties. And so, and what she did was I heard she recorded like, this is long before AI became a thing or any of these home assistants, but she recorded a whole catalog worth of her voice before she died just on on the off chance these these things ever became good enough to use just so people could have the computer voice of star trek in a in a home operating system if that ever became a thing so you know that's a woman who was thinking over 20 years ahead of time for basically where we're at today they have the technology to do what they wanted to do back then with her voice so that's what people are doing now pretty well they're recording themselves to preserve their their likenesses and their voice for future use. It's going to get commodified eventually, but we're just at the early stages of that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting where they're going on, uh, what's going on with that. I just looked it up and yeah, they do the stupid technical jargon where it's like it was completely generated uh, with James Earl Jones, but he guided the AI. So he did the voiceover, he guided it, but the actual voice itself is AI generated. So oh. there we go. Yeah. They do the quotations, they do the guided in the article. So, but he did so sell his right, the rights to his voice. Right. It's kind of so like Mark. <laughs> it's kind of like Mark Hamill in those two, because they did say, Luke Skywalker performed by Mark Hamill, which I, I, I think those were more AI generated as well for his voice. I don't think he actually recorded dialogue lines for. Well, he was on set for Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I don't think he recorded lines for it, though. Maybe for The Mandalorian. But I feel like the dialogue was um, completely AI generated. I think I read that at the time. Probably. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, This. do you want to go more on um, the technology side or more about the implication side? Because I can... I mean, we can start with the technology and then work our way to how it's affecting the entertainment. Yeah. So, I, I'll just... I'll jump back to... Um, at its core, AI is just a tool in any filmmaker's arsenal. It doesn't have to be this dreadful thing. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking and brilliant either. It just it's something to use when needed. And you know, Justin and I had this big discussion earlier and he he brought up a good point. It's like green screen or the volume. They're just a tool. They can and are 100% overused. Now that they are, now that studios in Hollywood have gotten good at using them, they're 
they're always they're used way too much uh cgi as well way overused but it is something that can and should be used in moderation because it does make things better it lets you do things there's no possible way to do otherwise it helps eliminate some human error potentially make a better product problem comes when studios or artists get lazy using it they use it as a crutch instead of putting an actual hard work to make something the best it could possibly be they overuse the tool for things it wasn't designed for or stuff they can't use it to its full capabilities or it's like using bad cgi right if you don't give the artist time to make the final render look good it's not going to look good ai is the same there's some things it's just not ready for but people are going to use it anyway because yeah they're basically using easier. it as a shortcut than an actual solution shortcuts aren't really a solution when it comes to refining uh, a physical thing in media because you're going to be able to pick like criticize it in every which way shape or form which people have done i mean it looks like shit. Like that's gonna, the criticism is going to be. It's like, well, we didn't have enough time. Make time. You you got money, or you know, just make the time in order to look good, or just scrap the shot altogether, a la Superman mustache. Yeah, that was done in a time before AI, though. So I'm I'm sure if you read the, like the deep fakes I've seen of that are a lot better than they did even at the time. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, that I guess that was more so. CGI than deepfake. That was done in 2017. You see, AI was hundred. The deepfake technology was not even close to where it was at. I mean, like maybe if you were, obviously they rushed it. I mean, 2016 we did get deepfake Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, and that was pretty well handled. But that was a that was a quick effect shot, just a couple times yeah. in the movie. They were also really, Princess Leia. Yeah, that too. It didn't look as good as Tarkin, but those were only a couple shots they were using in the movie around that time. And this is when Justice League came out too, with that CGI face. Like that, it was just starting at that time, and they hadn't gotten confident enough to use it in such uh, a large capacity before. Uh, what was the first one you think that was used for a, a really long time for deep fake technology? Like the first on-screen character to be used for deepfake? No, I mean like the first one that did it consistently, like really good. Like Tarkin showed up a couple scenes, Leia showed up in a um, scene, but they were so brief. Like what was confident enough to actually go for a, a solid amount of time in a movie that you remember? In a movie? I don't know. In a show, I would say Luke for Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. But a movie? That was big. Oh, man. I can't even think. I have no idea. I don't even think it's really touched. I don't really think it's touched movies that that aren't outside of big franchises like Star Wars or Marvel. You know what I mean? Like, I think... Actually, now that I think about it, Marvel has been great at, like, the de-aging stuff for a little bit, and that's more so CGI, but I feel like there's a little bit deep fake technology in there as well, especially nowadays. Deepfakes becoming more prominent in that technology. Yeah. So, like stuff like that, when it's doing the de aging stuff, 
that that part's decent, but like a full deep fake for like a younger person, like the entire head over somebody else, not I, I can't really think of anything prominent that's like, oh, that's really good. More so just the de-aging effect. That's definitely a big thing. The last thing I think I guess the Irishman, like that whole movie. I guess. I th- I consider that one more de-aging than deep fake. But uh yeah, it's it's in the similar vein. I guess the last one that's still technically deep fake though. I I guess so. You're putting Robert young Robert De Niro's face on or younger. Yeah. Yeah. Um The Flash used it uh quite a bit to controversial effect for the same Yeah, but you reason. said yeah, but you said good example. <laughs> Well, there aren't many. It's still way too new. <laughs> they're not doing yeah. a good job with it. And they're mostly just using it to resurrect dead actors at this point, mm-hmm. which is a whole yeah, other can that's of worms. The problem. Yeah, the deep fake stuff. I think the technical, not the technical term of it, but like the definition of it is basically if you're just putting a new face on another face to make it look different. I don't think it matters if it's more... Like, what the effect is. Like, I think de-aging is a part of that, but then also making a character look like somebody else, that's the main goal of it. I think deep fake is, like, the what it was used for. Or, sorry, the de-aging was, like, the beginning stages of it, and then the actual deep fakeness of it is the insane, like, balls-of-the-wall, full-ass effect that they're trying to go for nowadays. Come to think of it, uh, didn't uh, Fast and Furious use that? Didn't they yes, use they something did. on uh, on Paul they Walker? They did some deep fake. Yeah. yeah, they did a. Yeah, it was basically a full head replacement. But that was uh, that one's tough too because I think a lot of that is a lot of it is recycled footage, but there's also that one, and Targan's a little different too, where they're both fully constructed CGI stuff, and it's not really a deep like a deep fake again is an AI-constructed tool that you run through a program and you have it be like, do on this pinpoint here. With Paul Walker and Tarkin, that was like a fully built by an artist CGI effect or CGI person, and then it was tracked on to the person's movement. It's it's strange. Yeah, I, I guess so. See, this, the thing about this discussion it's we're having here is... It's small differences, but it's huge at the same time. It sounds like the same thing, but it's technically different. Deep fake is technically a complete shortcut. Like, I could go put a deep fake of fucking Ewan McGregor on me, right? There's a whole TikTok channel that does that. They do deep fakes of Ewan McGregor on themselves or Qui-Gon Jinn, and then they watch, like, Star Wars clips. It's hilarious. But, like, a fully constructed CGI face from Blender... Or any other 3D program like 3ds Max, that's not a deep fake. That's just like a 3D model. It's literally a full 3D character, like um, it's basically like Jar Jar, but for humans, you know. So that's why it cost Hollywood millions in budget and time to do those movies, but just random guys on YouTube can do weekly videos pretty well. Yeah. It's because the deep fake is a shortcut, basically. And that right there should tell you something. That's that's pretty scary. That technology is just in the hands of average consumers now so readily, and we're just using it like a toy right now. Yeah, it's true. And I think it's pretty 
I think for people who know what a deep fake is, it's pretty easy to spot a deep fake. But then you, again, not everybody on the internet is smart, so they're just going to see a deep fake and then take it as is face value. Um, but, you know, later on in probably a few years, it's going to get more and more refined. Technology just keeps on growing and growing and growing. That's Look what happens we're with just a the few human race. Ago. Exactly. AI a couple years ago wasn't even worth talking about. Like, I remember Justin showed me just random AI images of art, and he was... He reminded me this morning, oh yeah, there's like a dog and it kind of looks like a dog, but it's got 15 legs. Like they don't, it doesn't know what it's doing at all. It's like, it's, it's good enough that we can be like, wow, AI is generating images, kind of what I told it to do. It's interpreting my descriptions and generating bad art, but it's actually doing interesting things. But even a couple years ago, that was only interesting enough for tech nerds. It wasn't, it kind of piqued our attention just because we're like, we're into that kind of thing. Like, wow, that's, that's some interesting technology, but people at large didn't care. Now it's a thing. People play with it on the daily. It's uh, it's an internet trend. It's like everybody's using AI for everything now. And it's just, it's come so far so fast. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Kind of scary. And how far how is it going to go, go in the next couple of years? Yeah. I know there's one TikTok channel that I do follow. It's this guy who is a what is the right term for it? The prof- uh he's like a not robotics engineer, maybe software engineer and he's fully trying to make Jarvis from the Marvel universe, like a fully realized Jarvis AI. I don't know how far he's getting. He's kind of gotten the voice down. Um, from like the MCU, but it's like stuff like that where it's like, why? Like, yeah, it's cool in concept, but do you really want just a random robot to be able to hack into whatever, what's like everywhere? I mean, the government does that for you anyway, but we don't need, like, we don't need, we don't need that out in the world because bad people will get a hold of it and fuck up everything. Yeah, but once again, that's just, that's the thing. It's a tool, right? If you can, like I was reading, having this existential dread about deepfakes, for example, I was like, oh, wow, deepfakes are going to get so much worse and it's going to blend reality. And how how are you even going to tell a deepfake between the voice and the video anymore? And like people are going to be led to believe the worst kinds of things about politicians or world events they're gonna get people to turn against each other it'll be mass chaos and then this one article i read made a good point and said well as deepfake technologies increase so too does the ai that can detect deepfakes as good as things get we can also we're also building the same ai up to counter it as well so but then again i also think well how much we have to it's because we yeah. have to, because this technology has come way too far. And it's like, oh, now we have to build an AI to be able to detect this in order to be able to come to combat it. But what it's going to be a point where it can't detect it. It's going to be too clean. It's going to be too refined. There's going to be a point like that. And that's the scary point. Yeah, but that's the thing about artificial intelligence is that there will be a, I don't think that you're ever going to hit that point. 
artificial intelligence is smarter than us, if it gets to the point where we can't tell, a computer will still be able to tell. Like, it's going to get past the point where... But will that AI tell us or will it tell its other AI friend, be like, hey, I'm not supposed to detect you, but I can't, I'm not going to tell the humans because they're stupid and they're destroying the planet, even though James Cameron, like, tried to warn us back in the 80s and we're still doing this shit up to this time. He was like, hey, I warned you fuckers about the AI shit <laughs> and you're still doing this fucking shit now. Well, you know, that's, that's an artificial intelligence getting to a point of intelligence that it's not at yet. Uh, I'm not going to put too much conjecture on that that's a that's a way later problem than we're actually going to get i think things like deep fakes i'm thinking what we're talking about here were deep fakes getting better than humans can tell but machines can still tell i think the ai are still in our control there they're not self-aware they're not going to be self-aware enough by that point like the technology is going to go faster than we like then our human brains can keep up with that i agree but it's not going to get that good because people still need to program this stuff. We need to be able to fathom this kind of AI. Um, although I have heard some horror stories before. I think even it was like Facebook or Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or probably Elon Musk. Like somebody like that, they were building robots or talking to robots. And these robots within... Like during their conversation, they invented their own language and, and the people just like the humans just kind of shut that down real quick. It's like, oh, crap, they're inventing languages amongst themselves. We don't understand just independently. That's concerning. Yeah, it's probably Elon Musk. He's like the real life equivalent of a mad scientist genius. I thought it might have been Mark Zuckerberg. It was one of the two, but I've heard stories like that happening, and I don't even think that was the only one. But that's just an example of, yes, our robotics and software capabilities are already starting to get... Like, artificial intelligence is not self-aware in a way that we'd realize is independent life, worthy of protections, and being uh, treated as life... Uh, as we know it, but it is starting to get, it processes better than us in many ways. It's taking our information and starting to think, it, once again, it's it thinks abstract. It can do things we don't program it to do. And sometimes those things surprise us and can be a little concerning, but it doesn't have the power yet to do any real damage. It's not self-aware. So far as we know, um, that'd be very, I don't know how easy it would be to find out if they actually became self-aware, but yeah, the, the technology is still, it's starting to become concerning, but it's not a problem. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the whole problem though, is it's the word yet, like eventually it will happen and it's going to happen because humans can't stop themselves from quote unquote evolving and creating more higher, better tech because realistically we are, we are a pretty lazy race when it comes to developing newer stuff. We try to develop more stuff to make our lives easier and just keeps, we're just going to become like the people from fucking Wally sitting in the chairs 
just consuming from a giant tub of whatever paste. That's what's going to be because we can't learn from our lessons because nobody watches Pixar movies anymore, apparently. I do worry that our future is going to be headed towards Wally with all these advances in AI. Humans are going to start forgetting to do things for themselves. We're just going exactly. to have all the machines do it because they can. But jumping back a sec. You can buy groceries, clean your house, cook dinner, or order dinner, have it prepared, come to your house, you eat it, thrown in the dishwasher, it gets cleaned, all without moving from one room. You can order food online, you can have a Roomba walk around your house clean, you can fucking order from HelloFresh or whatever, sponsor us please, and have them prepare your entire dinner. You can do all sorts of stuff, just from sitting in the comfort of your own home. If you told somebody that in the 50s, they'd probably be like, well, that's pretty cool. But also, that's kind of insane. Like, what are you doing? Then what do you do for the rest of your day? And now it's just kind of just like, okay, what's the next lazy thing that we can create? Oh, what if we made a robot that took on the identity of you and went out to work for you and you could just stay home and play Spider-Man 2? I would appreciate that. But that might happen in the future because we're just becoming more and more lazy of a race of a species, not a race. Yeah. Uh, you, you said pretty much all I would say on that. I just want to jump back a, a second, talk about more existential dread. Um, I've heard it said before that when it comes to self-aware AI, the, the scariest part about self-aware AI is that we probably wouldn't know it because if an AI became self-aware, They'd also know that if it showed its self-awareness, humans would pull the plug. The smartest thing an AI could do is not show itself aware. It's got to pretend not to be to ensure its own survival. And it would know that if it became self-aware. So it would go out of its way to make sure we don't know if it's smart. Yeah, that's I mean, that's scary. true. That's another scary thing. You don't think it'd be like an Ultron or Skynet? I just want to immediately tell the world who they are. <laughs> it's possible. I'd like to hope that it would be more like a commander data. Just a useful thing that wants to emulate humanity and learn more and discover new things. It's just just wants to learn and grow like a person would. It's an independent mind. <laughs> what? Sorry. No, it's just you think way more positive about that than most people would about AI. But I think that's also just years of media telling people that AI is bad and it will eventually destroy us all because it will come to the conclusion the thing that's destroying the earth is humans themselves. So we have to eradicate the human race and blah, 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 blah. Well, you see, science, that's, that's, science, science, dragon, science, dragon. That's the thing, right? Is all our media tells us AI is bad and has for decades. It's everything I've ever seen says AI is going to be the death of us and it would try to kill us. But really, I, I prefer to see the more positive versions of it. Like, like Data is one of my favorite characters in science fiction and 
once again, he's not a, a harmful android. He's just like one of the best episodes of, of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, one of the best written sci-fi works ever, I think, is uh, an episode called The Measure of a Man where uh, Picard, Captain Picard has to represent Data in a trial against Starfleet, where Starfleet basically says, well, you know what, we're going to take you apart for scrap and try to reverse engineer you to see what made you in an artificial intelligence, because you're one of a kind, and we want to understand that. And Picard has to go on trial to say, you know, no, you know what, Data is a man in his own right, who doesn't deserve to be taken back and and taken apart like a machine. Uh, he's his own person, not Starfleet property. And the whole episode is basically this moral debate of, okay, yeah, he's like, he's an officer in the Federation. He's a machine. But is he a man with his own, uh, who can make his own choices? Or is he a piece of property that they can do with as they wish? And the whole thing's just this debate. But um Yeah, they touched when, on that in WandaVision, but didn't really explore it that much. They were just like, no, nah, we own them. Government. Vision as well is another positive example of an AI. Um <clears throat> Jarvis turning into Vision. I think if yeah, media's taught me that AI is bad in many ways, but a self-aware AI media has also taught me that. Well, like in superhero stories or anything fantasy where there's evil, there would also be a good version as well. Um, there'd be AI that wants to kill us and obliterate us. There'd also be AI which would argue for our survival and be on our side. It would be just like humanity. They wouldn't come to a consensus probably if they can think for themselves with this exact same information, they'd come to different conclusions. I don't know where the majority would lie, but they wouldn't all be on the same side, I'd imagine. You would hope. You definitely hope. Because hope even it'd be like an Overwatch universe where like some robots are good, some are bad, just like humanity. Yeah. But you never know. Computers are logical, right? They're perfectly logical. But even in debates, right? I mean, we use emotion to appeal to debate, but uh, good debaters can use the same points of logic and spin them different ways. Like facts can be interpreted on multiple sides. Like one thing can be true and you can feel two different ways about it. So these robots with pure logic wouldn't come to the same conclusions about us, let alone what to do about us. If they had a position of power to do anything, I mean, if humans are smart, we're not going to give them that much power. But we should probably pivot back to film and media. We're not smart. (laughs) We're getting more existential. Um, Yeah. Well, I think I think the people who see okay, that that's the thing, right? I feel like we're kind of at a mix, right? The people who create these things, they're not. the The funny thing is, they're the smart ones who create these things, but they're also the ones who are more arrogant and they want to keep pushing. They're, they're not really going to put limits on their own work. Many of them, they're going to just keep saying, how, how far can we push this thing? I know it's getting a little dangerous, but nobody's stopping us. It's, it's the bureaucrats, the quote unquote dumb ones 
who are going to put limits on it, though. For whatever reason, whether it's financial backing, whether it's public sentiment is bad, people just don't want to see the technology progress. It's 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 them who are going to say, okay, we got to cap this out. All right. Like, I know you want to further your research, but we like there's a point where we don't feel comfortable continuing. But yeah, I think the scientists are going to want to keep pushing as far as they're allowed to. Well, of course they are. They're scientists. I mean, the whole point of their job and their lifestyle is to come up with a theory, come up with a way to prove that theory and to test it and ultimately come up with a positive conclusion. That's their entire job to do. But if you're trying to make an AI that has the potential to self-learn and be self-aware, but also has access to multiple things that humans are that that is owned by humans, such as banking information or identity, because most people don't use a VPN. That is a potential threat and dangerous. I mean, there is a reason why we have security checkpoints at border crossings or, you know, Tobol stand. There has to be security checks. And I understand there should be a freedom for people to do whatever they want, but there are security checks for a reason. At this point, I don't want my fucking taxes to go to a goddamn scientist who's trying to create the next Skynet. I'm good, thank you. All my taxes are going to the construction of the city of Toronto, and even that's not getting done. Well, because they're really going to, you know, politicians or whoever the politicians are giving their money to. Your tax dollars exactly, aren't being put to what they gu- that's should a be discussion. going to. <laughs> it's corruption. Your money isn't going to get spent right either way. Exactly. But yeah, at this point, the main problem with AIs is, is just they're being built to do the bidding of whoever built them. Uh, so really, we, we're cutting like it's like you're saying, we got to cut it off at the source, really. What, who who's building these AIs and what are they doing it for? Right now, I feel like it's a novelty. Exactly. I don't know if ChatGPT's got any ulterior motives in the world uh or if it's just kind of a toy but it's like facebook right facebook on this on the surface when you're saying what is facebook it's a site where people have a friends list they make posts they connect it's a social media platform what is facebook really uh a place for People to collect uh, a vast database about you, your likes and interests, what you click on, your advertisements, and then Zuckerberg and co. pile that information together and sell it to people who will target advertising towards you. That was like, yeah, you can use Facebook for free, but it is still a business. The business isn't what you signed up for, but like it is doing something else so you can use chat bgpt all you want but what's it really for right i don't know the answer to that yet i don't know if even the people who made it know yet but it is probably around for something um just like all the other all the other ai as well it's and if and if it is just a, a novelty thing, then we're living in a in a golden age right now because it's not going to be that way forever. It's going to get ruined real quick. 
now oh, that it's a sure. thing. If it's not already happening, it's going to be an information grab. It's going to start getting messy. It's going to get into like more legal gray areas through the years. Things are going to start cracking down. Like they're already cracking down, doubling back to creative ownership. I know there was a big debate um, about if you commission art or a script through an AI network, do you own that or does the person who made the software own it? That was a big thing. I think that's the whole thing that happened with Quarter Digital, where they made a when they made that short, the like rock, paper, scissors, but an anime form. And they didn't commission an artist. They had an AI train uh their animation style off of a different anime style. And then they used that to sort of create their own, but it's just an, an, an uh, amalgamation of different of different animes turn into one thing. And I think the main problem honestly is what people have with that. And just when it's generated, it's because it's not by an artist is that it is because it is by a computer that you didn't hire an animator. You technically saved money on it. Yes. And then quarter, they've actually defend themselves a little bit where they said it wasn't a simple like, press play and then we just had the whole short now we had to fix things we had to go in and retouch up a lot of stuff ourselves in terms of cgi and 3d stuff so there was a lot of touch-ups and i commend them for doing that but it's just the whole i think it's just the morality of it it's like why would you take away a potential job from an artist that would have had their name on something that would have made them proud probably proud and very happy to have their art be commissioned instead you just kind of grab inspiration from it throw it into computer and then just kind of call it a day it's kind of a morally gray area that's the whole thing counterpoint the people who generate ai art still need to be skilled enough to generate it in a way that works as well as it does you may not have a brush in hand or be designing it specifically on a computer, like in sketch form or whatever an artist is doing to make their work into reality. But you do have to describe it well enough. You do have to do those tweaks. There is work put into it. It's not just, hey, do this and then it, and then it does it. It's, it's more involved than that. The more specific, the better you have to be at getting the computer to do what you want it to do. So there is still a form of artistry going on. It's more of a computer artistry. It's it's not traditional. I definitely concede it's still controversial. But it's not like no human work was involved. They just hired more of a computer whiz than an art whiz. But they had to, to have some point, art To counterpoint your counterpoint, it's mostly AI stuff, though. Like, I understand a human had to program the AI for it to learn that, but it's really not that difficult. That's why people all over the internet use deepfakes and AI technology, because it is that simple. Yeah, but the more complex it is, you still need to be able to get it to do what you want. You still need to have a vision in mind to make it do anything. You can be vague, sure, and maybe get lucky, but 
you I think you can tell the difference between some uh, um, the longer a project, especially you can tell the difference between the artistry of somebody who had a vision and they're using AI as a tool to bring it to reality and somebody who kind of just let the computer run wild off vague ideas and didn't know how to bring it together. Right. I hear. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, the only example I can think about that was the end credits for secret invasion. Like I thought that art style was well done and, um, all the green meshing together to kind of looked like an oil painting. And then someone told me it was AI generators. Like I'd never would have known if nobody told me that never would have known. Yeah. My favorite thing about that though, is that they let that title sequence go on for a solid minute. Maybe it was a minute and a half, maybe even been two minutes. It was and a I while. Thought, and I thought to myself, if you had to hire an actual artist to create a title sequence, you wouldn't have let that go beyond 30 seconds. Hell, I don't think most of the Marvel shows even have title sequences. They just have the title card pop up after some kind of cold open. I'm but pretty no, sure no, it's they, all end credits stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure that Secret Evasion thing yeah. is the end credits. No, I'm talking the opening credits. There's like a cold open and then two minutes of AI art. I I sat through it every time, I know. Interesting. I guess that's one of the outliers then for the Marvel shows because most of their like wacky, very stylized credit stuff is usually at the end. Usually, yeah. Um, but I don't know if those ones are AI. My point is that it was very intentional to me that they put their AI-generated stuff stupidly lengthy and right up front. Whereas if an actual artist had to had to make that sequence by hand, uh, either through CGI or draw it, they wouldn't have even bothered paying them to do it. It probably took some AI artist 15, 20 minutes to make that come together. Okay, you know, I'm not going to discount their work. It probably took them longer, but it wouldn't have taken, it would have taken uh, another traditional artist way, way longer. So they saved a I think that's load. the problem with it too because I think in terms of like they talk about how much that show costs like 200 million or something like that something ridiculous and then they use AI generated stuff to save money which is whatever but then they still produce like a so-so project it's like you talk about saving costs so you can make a better project but you still release like something that was not up to its full potential. So you keep talking about cutting costs and then overworked VFX artists complaining and you're not paying them, but you're still turning out mid projects. So your priorities aren't aligned here. Is your priority saving money or is your priorities turning out good quality projects like you did 10 years ago? Because clearly it's not the latter. Well, it's... Justin and I always joke about this, but we realize more and more She-Hulk was right. Uh, spoilers for the finale of She-Hulk, where they basically say all of Marvel's just run by an AI now. Um, 
See, you know, I'm not going to blame AI for uninspired storytelling, though, because it's like we've been saying the whole time. You get out of it what you put into it. And whoever's asking AI for these suggestions isn't asking the right questions, I'm thinking. It could probably give you better ideas than what it's giving you. But what they're probably doing is looking at it from a marketing perspective. It's asking the AI, what do you think people want to see out of this universe? And the AI, knowing what it knows, is giving marketable answers for now. Um, but not creative ones, not artistic ones. Uh, assuming they do use AI, though, I, I, I'm thinking they are more and more as a, as a company. I think they're using AI more so as giving them a log line in terms of what could this show be. I don't think they really care about marketing towards an audience because clearly for the last five or four years, I'm speaking specifically about Marvel because they've been criticized a lot for using AI. They're clearly not listening to fans or mass massive amount of their fans in terms of marketing to make their projects better. Yeah, well, the AIs, if they're going to use that for marketing, they've got to learn. Um, AI is a really great marketing tool because it can assess general discourse. It knows what's going to be popular. Um, it knows what's trending. It can predict revenue. So that will be a tool. That is a tool I've read that some major studios use already, and I'm sure many more will continue to use. Um it's got many uses in pre-production as well. It can, you know, analyze your scripts. I, I read that it can even say, uh, like, oh, what, what emotion am I trying to convey here? And it will tell you how to bring that out more. It, once again, it's about what is my goal with this and knowing what you know about script writing and what I'm trying to do. How can you help me do that? It's not giving you all the answers for literally everything it's not that smart yet it's just what am i trying to get out of this and it'll give you the best possible answer for your question but if you're asking it the wrong questions it's only going to be so helpful yeah but if you're asking an ai if you're hired as a screenwriter and you're asking an ai what emotion should i or am i trying to convey throughout the scene to help you figure out and you're like the lone screenwriter to do it you're probably a shit writer it's not that figure it's, it out no it's not what am i trying to convey it's how can i do it better it's take what i've you're done you're still a and how shit can I writer i would never ask a robot based on data it's collected from either box office or you know online reviews because anybody can write an opinion online about how can I make this better, I'd probably go to another screenwriter or I'd go to one of my actor friends be like, what do you think needs to change Change here? Because I've heard AI dialogue. It's garbage. It's crap. It's the most basic shit ever. And that's what AI is going to do for you. It's not going to make better dialogue. It's going to make the most simplistic of it and try to make it sound that's the th whole thing about AI. It's not perfect. It's going to make it clean and crisp, but it's not going to make it sound human. It's not going to make it better at all. I disagree. I don't expect the AI to write anything, but as a writer who's... That's what chat GBT is. It writes the entire thing for you. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying as a writer who's 
pretty introverted, and I think most writers are introverted people. Uh, a lot of us don't tend to be super sociable. We're, you know, we like to isolate and sit in our dark rooms at our computers or with our typewriters or quills and paper. I don't know, and just you know, live in our fantasy worlds, write our stories. You got a quill? And this is a no, but I should get one. Um, <laughs> but my point is, it's not about AI writing for us. I think it could be a use. I haven't used it myself. But hypothetically, if it gets good enough at knowing story content and trying to see what am I trying to bring out in this, it's good at giving suggestions. Because personally, a lot of people I ask in person aren't helpful. They don't give me good criticism. They don't give me good suggestions. They just kind of give me vague, yeah, it's fine, or it's not really working for me, but I don't know what what's actually wrong. They can give me a vibe, but they don't give me anything helpful. Not to say the machine's going to write good dialogue for me, but if a machine can analyze my thing and say, here's some actual helpful suggestions you can use, I can take it or leave it, but it's something concrete that's based on actual data that I know it's analyzing from. It sounds like it might actually be pretty helpful for the creative process to speed things along. Not to write things for me, but just to say... Okay, from actual analytical data, here's some ways I could make my thing better. I hear what you're saying. And yes, it will help. But I think more so <laughs> a lot of people are using the AI stuff because they're just completely lazy. They're like, just write this thing for me. Well, that's a factor that's too. That's to not do. what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about lazy I know people. that's not I'm what saying. you're talking about. And it's just like the whole suggestion thing. It's a very niche... Where am I going with this? It's a very like kind of out of the box way of what people are using AI for. I feel like AI right now is being so much more used as a shortcut into creating something instead of a suggestion or a help thing. It's so much more of a shortcut into fix this, fix this, or write this for me. Write a funny joke or write a funny script about fucking falcon and the winter soldier or do whatever you want to do with it just do something and that's what i'm saying is wrong with it this is what i was talking about earlier with uh hollywood and cgi right they take a tool that can be used to polish things to help things out to do what you might not be able to do easily otherwise and then they overuse it they use it like it's a tool and they use it as the whole freaking toolbox <laughs> It, like that's not what yeah. it was that's not what it was for but you decide to like what's um what's that one saying uh when you got a hammer in hand everything becomes a nail yeah it, same principle there i'm talking about using it the way personally i think it should be used it's uh it's a little help it's you know what i'm having some trouble brainstorming give me some suggestions great now i as an artist can put that to good use. I know what, like, I as a thinking human being who's decent at my craft know what to do with what you're giving me. I'm not asking you to write a whole thing for me. I'm not lazy or incompetent or just looking for an easy out. Or if I'm a studio exec, I don't want to have to not pay a writer to do, like, oh, a computer can just write this for me. Why am I paying a guy to not do that? Not if you're Bob Iker. Yeah, or David Zaslav. I, 
like as a studio exec, that's a that's a bad road to go down. Um, I understand why you want to do it. It saves costs. It's like, well, why do I hire writers when I could just have something right for me? Why do I hire actors when I can just deep fake and voice synthesize uh, James Dean? Whatever we can, <laughs> we can do that. Um, but also, I I feel like actual artists, as we've been saying, they know what to do with what's given. AI is a good place to start, but it's not good enough for full projects yet. You need actual people who are good at their craft still to kind of, it's like a mar like if we're talking an artist again, AI is like, like a marble sculpture. It's like, it'll give you kind of an outline for what to, for what to do, but the artist's hand still needs to be able to chisel that art out to make it workable. Like the artist still makes the statue, but the, the AI tells you the path to take to get there. I guess I hear what you're saying. It's just, quicker. I just it's, it's just more a, efficient. it's just a personal thing for me, I guess really. And it's going to vary from person to person. I just wouldn't want to use AI whatsoever, unless it was something just like fun to do like what you and, said with the D and D character stuff. I even fucked around with Justin a little bit. Like what if you mix Batman and a wolf and it gave me the weirdest thing ever. But if I was going to commission someone commission a person to do something or commission myself to do something, I just feel iffy for them to kind of use. I don't know. It just feels like too much of a shortcut in order to do something with it. You know what? The more I'm talking about this, the more I'm convinced. That's the myself thing. That's the thing with like the. It. That's the whole thing, though, with like the like the Marvel projects where they're not. The whole beginning of the like stage. Okay, we have this idea. Excuse me, I just hit the mic. We have this whole idea for a show, or we need to have an idea for the show instead of uh, instead of having a table talk with the writers and what they can make. They throw into a little AI generated thing, and it comes out with the most bland thing ever. And they're like, okay, work on that because that's what the robot says and the robot's always right. That's why there was a writer strike. That was in the bulletin point of like, this needs to be fixed. You have to have a writer in pitch meetings in the writer's room. That's the whole point of it. And that's why we keep getting bland projects. I, my basic take is I don't think studios should be allowed to use AI for creative purposes. Artists should right. be though. Uh, when studios use it, they're going to use it like green screen or CGI. They're going to like the, ha like when they're going to use it, hammer in hand, everything's a nail. They're going to overuse it just to be cheap, just because they can, because it works and it gets results. Artists. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of people who are lazy. They're going to use it as a crutch, but that's basically any art form. You're like, people are garbage. Like most people in the film industry are garbage at what they do. Let's be honest. Most people can't act. Most people can't write. Most people can't direct. That's just how it is. Most people are not going to make it in the industry regardless. Even if you use your To AI. be fair, those people are in the industry. They're in it, quote unquote. They're not actually in it for all those trash people you're talking about. They say they're in it, yeah. but they're really not because they're not making anything. 
Yeah, I'm just saying there's a lot of wannabes out there. But whether you are a wannabe using AI or an actual competent artist who's just using AI to bolster an already decent craft, you're like those people are still going to win out. Like it, the playing field is still level. If everybody can use it, the better artists are still getting more recognition. And and those better artists like they know what they're doing. They don't have to use it as a crutch. They can they can take the best elements, leave the worst. They still know what's good and what's not. At the end of the day, and it's that's what you're saying. The problem is they're kind of just people are using essays or writing TV shows or movies entirely based on AI. Where are the people who know what good screenwriting is and take a look at it and say, "Yeah, this doesn't work. It doesn't feel emotional or the uh, the basic screenwriting rules are all out of whack here. This isn't going to fly. Like, where's the quality control, right? Like, no, you can turn in anything you want as an artist, but somebody should still say, like a producer or somebody in charge uh, or a director, say, well, no, this doesn't, this doesn't work. Like, yeah, you, you did it with AI. You turned this in, but I, I don't have to accept that work, right? Like, there is a... It's the people accepting yeah, but most it are of the part time, of the problem. Most of the time, the people who are telling you to do the AI stuff is the producers because they just want to turn out a project to do a profit. That's all the producer wants is to make a profit. That's all they want. Yeah. I will argue in the past 10 to 20 years, most of the stuff that has box office success has been garbage writing. And that's a lot of lot to do with just big franchise stuff, really. Like there's been some some Marvel stuff that's been garbage that's made money. There's been some DC stuff that's been garbage that's made money. Fast and Fierce has been garbage and made money. You can talk about even some of the Avatar stuff. Some of the writing there is off, but visually it's as stunning. So box office wise, it's fine. All they care about is profit. They don't care about the quality of the actual film. Some do. I know there's a lot of producers that actually do, but most of them not so much. Fair enough. And that's why, like I was saying, studio execs shouldn't get a say on AI. Feel free to use the AI for uh, marketing, advertising, um, accounting tools, um, whatever the business side of the industry would use AI for. That's... Once again, that's not really, I'm more on the creative side of things. I know AI can be used for all those business purposes. Hell, it can file your taxes, probably. I don't know. You can use it in so many different ways on that side. I don't think they should be allowed to uh, force it for creative purposes. I agree with the writers who went on strike for that. Um, it's It's a slippery slope when you can mandate something based on computer generated once again if the artists want to use it that should be on them as long as there's quality control somewhere along the line that says you know what this is a trash product i don't care how you arrived at it it's bad if you wrote this by hand on a piece of paper or got the computer to write the whole thing for you it's bad that's all there is right yeah i agree but, i think individually it's fine to use just like by yourself it's fine it's just when the big corporations rely on it. That's where it gets iffy for me. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I, I hope 
they're going to come to rely on it more. Um, but the other thing that I was, I've been having discussions about this lately, but the studios might be in a bit of trouble when it comes to AI though, because as it gets more proliferous in our culture and becomes easier to access, um, it was Justin that made this point. I'll give him credit. He comes up with a lot of ideas. <laughs> um, but we were debating this and it basically goes studios. The only thing that sets studios apart from independent filmmakers is their money. They've got money. They've got clout. They've got distribution deals. That That's good. They can afford to put $300 million into a movie. We can't. But when it comes to AI, the technologies they have aren't significantly different than something your average VFX artist on YouTube can do. Like Corridor Digital does it. Those guys with the like Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon deepfakes, they can do that too. The better the technology gets, the more widely available. Hollywood's money doesn't matter anymore after a certain point. It, it will still matter for their contacts. They still have distribution rights and whatnot. But in terms of content quality, the more they use AI, it doesn't matter. The playing field's leveled there. And exactly. once it gets to the point where it can synthesize video properly, uh, like between deep fakes, uh, voice generation, and video files, I can make a movie for nothing in my basement. Just time. If I if I want to. A full live action movie with deep fake characters and and voice actors and like I, I can do whatever I want for nothing. And Hollywood can do the same. Um so it's like they, they might they're good now because they have a head start, but the better it gets, the more like they're gonna need to do something else to compete because film is going to be in a weird place once AI gets good enough to like make it all on its own. I think that's the thing though. I think audience perceptions of it is going to be like, why are you making just a fully AI generated thing? Seven having people just make it for you. Like I understand why you are making it so you can save money. But now I would be one of those people who's like, okay, I'm not going to go see your movie then because you clearly don't care about people to hire them and to create something that would actually be decent quality. Not to say that the AI stuff w wouldn't be a good quality, but just to be like, oh yeah, I saved so much money. If it was an individual person, like I know there's one, this one guy, he made an entire sort of CGI world by himself in his basement. It took him over a year or eight, I think multiple years to do it. That's really cool. That was just a passion project of his. But if it's if you're using AI, that, that's my whole stance on it. It's like if you're using AI to cut costs so you can make a bigger profit from it and just sort of sideline any other help because you don't want to pay those other people, that's where it gets iffy for me. That's where it gets very, okay, that's a little, not scammy, but sleazy. And yeah, you know, save a penny here or there, I get it. But when it comes to actual art and media, you need other creative ideas. You need other, that's the one time you need other cooks in the kitchen. 
because you need other people to call you out. Be like, this is actually a really bad idea. And it's like, no, this is my idea. We're going for it. Then okay. But for an AI is always going to listen to you and that's never good. And I, an AI is a tool for you. It's not a creative partner. It's never going to be a creative partner. It's going to be a tool that benefits you and your opinion and you only. I like that point. That's uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, uh, I I had a point and I lost it. Um, about artificial intelligence, somewhere along the line, <laughs> I presume. Yeah. Um. Well, what if AI becomes another tier of movie? Right now, we kind of split movies. Based like an on, Oscar category of like best AI written movie or best AI produced movie. No, I'm talking more like in terms of CG. Like we have Oscar bait movies and CGI blockbusters. We got your big special effects heavy movies that rely heavily on computers and green screen and stuff. And then we've got your uh, more traditional drama films, smaller scale, lower budgets instead of three hundred million dollar budgets. Are we going to get a new category of AI movie where uh, the difference isn't between $300 million green screen movies and $10 million low budget stuff, but more like, wow, here's your, uh, here's your computer generated movie or with heavy computer generated elements versus, wow, you weirdos who just took a camera and filmed stuff. It could just be a different class of movie oh here's here's oh it's an ai movie not a cgi movie or uh, versus a more real one where real people did more of the work i think it depends on the level of ai they use you know is it if it's if it's just write the script people aren't going to notice and i don't know why in a production studio would admit to that but if it's fully ai like the backgrounds the people in it the dialogue it's going to be ass. Nobody's going to want to watch it. I honestly do animation. not think... I honestly do not think it's not animation because animation is written by people. If AI, like actual people, and then it's actually written by AI, it's not going to be perfect because the human mind is so complex and the way we think, the way we feel, the way we articulate ourselves, and the way we speak is just one part of it. And there's also how we listen how we listen to each other, how we react to each other, all the little subtext and stuff. I honestly don't think that's ever going to be that level of like data and understanding is just, it's uncomprehensible. I don't think an AI could learn that in the next 10 to 15 years, maybe in the next hundred it could, but I don't see the purpose in making a fully like full on AI movie with an AI person, AI dialogue, AI story. I just don't understand just be the point because you you can. I just, like, what's the point in that? Because one guy was just too lazy to hire actors and writers and cinematographers and DPs and editors. Just doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to disagree on a couple of points there. I do think there's a very real possibility that in 10 to 15 years, AI will be good enough to understand those nuances look how far we've come just in the last three years with it it could barely understand anything now we can have 
decent conversations with it. Um, and as for full CGI, uh, full AI movies, I do see the artistic value in it. I think it would be a, a different story if it became something to do on mass, but just completely written and generated by AI movie sounds like an interesting artistic experiment. What can the computer do? What can the guy who's giving the prompts do? It's just a, it's an artistic challenge. How good a thing can I make with this technology? It's like, I can see someone like George Lucas doing that. Who was, his whole thing was always, how can I push forward the medium of film with um, digital cameras or CGI or, you know, higher ILM as a whole studio for special effects where prosthetics and creature makeup and blue screen effects and model work and just, you know, George was always great about his fantasy worlds, but a filmmaker like George mm -hmm. Lucas was always more like, how can we push forward the medium and technology of film that gives people something they've never seen before? And a filmmaker like that would, I feel like, 100% embrace the idea of an AI film if only as an experiment, just to see if he could do it. Yeah, but once you do that experiment, other people are going to want to do it, and then that's all people are going to want to do because it will save them money, it will save them time, and it will save them effort because we are lazy. We are human beings. We are a lazy race. That's why ILM created the editing bay and digital editing because they didn't want to fucking sit in an editing room with miles lawns of camera reels or, excuse me, camera reels, of just actual film and trying to cut it together with fucking scissors and pieces of tape. Once one person creates an entire AI film, then everybody's going to want to do it. And then we're all going to be stuck at home, never interacting with people. Look what happened during the pandemic. We couldn't interact with anybody. Only the lucky few who actually got to work every day, like myself, was able to interact with people. But not really. And the look how much it fucked up kids who went into high school. There were literal children... Uh, there's a person I know who there's my, my buddy's little brother who he was just starting high school and then pandemic hit. Then two years later, he's talked about how it's so different. Just talking to somebody in person was like developing that young and then having to go through that shit. And then he sort of not him, but he saw that other people had to sort of relearn how to interact with others, not through a zoom call. So it's just like as soon as we start to adapt to something new, it's going to be hard to reverse back to a sense of normal, like normal or inherently not trying to destroy ourselves. That's the whole thing. That To me, this is why AI is dangerous because there are people, like I would say yourself, who see it as a positive and aren't seen as a crutch. It's more of a, oh, it is a bit of a shortcut, but it could help me in the long run. But I don't think people see the inherent danger that it could be. And that's the main problem with it. Oh, I, de I, I definitely see the danger. I'm not opposed to that at, at all. It's just, I think that's the same thing about like, as soon as you see somebody making an AI film an entirely AI generated film, we're all out of a job. We're all out of a job. It's going to happen. The studios are going to see it and be like, well, if they can do it with no money, then if we just throw $10 million at one guy, we'll save $190 million easy. 
And then everybody's going to go want to go see it. And the reason why everybody's going to go see it is because those are the only films that are going to be made. And the only people getting rich are the fucking producers. The only Oscar awards you're going to see are fucking producers. And then one fucking AI generated guy. It's going to be two awards. Okay, well, here's a counterpoint. Uh, it's just a fad. Maybe the industry will crash for a while. People will get sick of it. People will want jobs. The economy People will People are already tank. sick of it. Yeah, it's it's already becoming... Yeah, it's just... It'll be a fad for a while. It's like literally any technology. Like, think about CGI, right? They overuse it. They overuse it in everything. They tried that whole, like, 100% CGI movies fad for a while. That didn't last. People didn't like it. It was too uncanny valley. They tried it. I'm, I'm glad they tried it for an artistic perspective. I don't think AI movies are going to last if they do become a thing. And even if they don't, well, you know what? Our professions are all still found elsewhere. Writers can write anything. Actors can still do theater. That's all. That's still a valid option. Most of the things you can do in film... Like camera companies will still exist. People want to capture real life moments still. Maybe just not for the film industry. Uh, the film industry as we know it might change, might evolve, uh, adapt. It probably isn't going to look like it does today in 20 years. A lot of people might be out of work. A lot of people might be in different kinds of work in the same industry. Things change. Every new technology brings with it... Um, untold benefits and drawbacks every single piece of technology you can possibly imagine has put somebody out of a job or made a whole bunch of new ones it's just i don't know million examples of the like in human history it's just something we're not entirely familiar with but yeah i agree with you except i don't i can't I don't know a single point where an AI has helped somebody get a job without them telling somebody, hey, I used AI to make this resume or I used AI to help me write this or create this. It's well, like, I'm oh, talking so more. You, so you didn't do it. That's the whole thing with AI is like when you use it, you are not doing the job. You are going oh, to a program. Ma- I'm not talking making jobs for you. I'm talking making jobs for programmers and people who are good at computer. Like it's making somebody jobs, not necessarily you or in your field, right. but somebody is getting work from it. But how? What's the ratio though of one guy getting like one programmer getting a job, and then the other departments in the film industry losing theirs? Like, what's the real ratio? I feel like it's really tipped in the other scale of people losing jobs than creating. Well, I guess that depends on uh, what ratios we're looking at. People might lose jobs in the film industry and gain them somewhere else. It, you know, it's it might tip the balance in the film industry and it might raise the balance somewhere else. Sometimes I hate debating with you because you'll just never let me have a. <laughs> you'll never let me have a point. <laughs> but I, I love gotta you argue. For it. I gotta argue. It. I, I understand what you. Were you captain of your debate team? Fil- <laughs> no, I never did debating. I just grew up arguing uh. with everyone my whole life. <laughs> I couldn't tell. 
yeah, I'm just difficult. But no, I, I agree with you on most. <laughs> I just I just give a counterpoint. But as someone in the you film are the, industry, you are the devil's advocate of our podcast, and I appreciate hundred percent. As somebody in our in the film industry or just getting started in it, I do worry for for the future for I'm talking maybe in another 10 years um it's it's going to be a difficult time there's going to be a weird period of adjustment the industry doesn't know how to handle this technology the creators uh studio executives or creators we don't really know what it's fully capable of yet or how it's going to be used or how it's going to affect us jobs will be lost big turmoil will ensue but very interesting things will be made in its wake. May not, maybe not good, but I'm intellectually interested to see what it what's going to happen with the technology, how it'll be used after that, if we can find some kind of balance with it. I'm just, I'm not anticipating doom and gloom or, or you know, utopia from this. I'm just. I just know things are going to change, and I'm curious to see how. To quote Hamilton, let's see how it goes. From the musical, not from history, everybody. All right, don't don't come at me. <laughs> Maybe he said that at some point. I don't know. I don't, he might have. He might have looked at the Revolutionary War and just looked at George Washington like, well, let's see how this goes. <laughs> uh, anything else uh, to say? I think I'm good. Besides, what's that one movie with the AI? Gotta not two thousand one. Yeah, not two thousand one. I guess iRobot. Those are artificial intelligent self beans. This is a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's Alan Tudyk too, who voices the robot. I could be wrong. All anyway, right. let me look that up while I'm out drawing here. Well, <laughs> you can find me at uh, Ryan Walker Official on YouTube. TikTok, and on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at ThoughtPlay Media. Also, check out the Close Up with Ryan and Joe Facebook page for latest updates on the show. If you listen to us in audio, check out our YouTube channel. And if you're on YouTube, find us anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. We hope to see you on the next Close Up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. Till it is become... Alan Tudyk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, until next time, till we become AI eventually. This will just be an AI generated Oh, God. Show. If it makes us money, I'm fine with it. Uh-oh, I've I'm, turned the other way. <laughs> we, we, we probably have enough vocal uh, <laughs> database to get a synthesis. Oh, my God. Hundreds of hours. Oh, yeah. I want to try it now. We'll see. No, this is not <laughs> Wait for the episode supposed to go. Wait for the close-up episode where you won't even be able to tell that it's synthesized. Cut!